Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. It's the day after the election. Do you know how your environment is doing? Today on Parts Per Billion, we look at last night's results and talk about what that means for the federal government. Hello, and welcome to a very special episode of Parts Per Billion, the environmental podcast from Bloomberg Law. I'm your host, David Schultz. Well, it is the morning of Wednesday, November 4th. We just had an election here in the U.S. Uh, yesterday. Maybe you heard about it. And uh, we decided to just get a few reporters on the line and uh, chat it out and find out what's going to be happening with the uh, environmental agencies that we all cover, regardless of the outcome uh, of the election, which as of this uh, moment is still unknown. So I'm joined here today by Stephen Lee, Bobby McGill, and Pat Rizzuto, who are all on Bloomberg Law's Environment Desk. This uh, conversation was recorded a few moments ago, and let's get right into it. Of course, we don't know who the next president is going to be, but let's start with Stephen. Um, Stephen, you know, if uh, Joe Biden becomes the next president, what does the EPA look like? Who would be even leading the EPA? Well, I'm going to give you three names on the short list for EPA chief. One is Mary Nichols. She's the chair of the California Air Resources Board. She's been one of the Trump administration's biggest adversaries. She's the person who has pushed back really hard on things like the EPA's decision to take back California's waiver to set its own greenhouse gas limits from cars. She's also a former um, EPA chief of uh, air and radiation under President Clinton, so she knows her way around that agency. Mm -hmm. And she also has the support of a lot of national environmental groups. So you would have to say that uh, Mary Nichols has the inside track on the job. Two other names. One is Heather McTeer-Tony. She's the former Southeast Regional Administrator of the EPA under President Obama. Um, and she makes sense because she has worked hard throughout her career on environmental justice issues. And we know that's going to be a top priority of the Biden administration. So if Joe Biden wants to make good on his promise to take action for fence line communities, then Tony, Tony makes sense. Uh, third name, Jay Inslee, governor of Washington. You'll remember he ran for president this year, and his campaign was very heavily focused on climate change. He actually asked for an entire debate on climate change. So he's a guy, he's got a national profile and a good amount of you know star power that could raise the profile of the EPA. One wrinkle is that he also won his reelection bid for governor last night, but it doesn't mean that he's out of the running for the Biden cabinet. That's a great point. Uh, and I'm glad you brought up uh, environmental justice, because I actually want to go to Pat now and talk about 
um, what the situation would be on environmental justice if Joe Biden does uh, end up uh, becoming president. You know, this is an issue that the Obama administration, I think, tried to do a lot of work on. Uh, the Trump administration received a lot of criticism for not doing enough work on on this um, this issue. Would that then switch uh, if Biden becomes president, Pat? Well, if Biden were to be president, every single person I've interviewed expects environmental justice to be front and center throughout his administration, not just in EPA, but in other agencies. Um, and let's just look at what each candidate said when NBC's Kristen Welker, who moderated the last presidential debate, asked them about the people who live near oil refineries and chemical plants who are scared that they're getting sick from emissions and, and often can point to ill neighbors to show why they're scared. Um, President Trump talked about the vast amount of money chemical and oil refinery workers earn. Well, there's truth in that. They do tend to be very well compensated, uh, but those highly compensated workers don't tend to live on the fence lines of the factories where they work. His reply didn't address the issue. Vice President Biden understood exactly what Kristen was talking about. He said, my response is that those people who live on what are called fence lines are worried by things like the oil slicks they see on the car windshields and the illnesses they see their neighbors facing. And he said, quote, the fact is that is those frontline communities. It's not a matter of what you're paying them. It matters how you keep them safe. You impose restrictions on the pollutants coming out of the factories. That's the position he's going to bring. Right. I want to shift to Bobby, though, because, um, you know, the EPA is not the only uh, agency that has a big impact on the environmental policy of the federal government. Let's talk about the Department of the Interior. If Biden uh, were to, you know, pull this out and become the next president, who is on the short list to, to head up that department? And, you know, um, why, I guess? So there are three names that that keep uh, coming up um, for or potential interior secretary under a Biden administration. One would be Senator Tom Udall, who is stepping down um, after uh, at, at the end of the year. Um, he uh, would would follow along. Uh, his family, of course, is well known for its conservation. His his, his father um, was Stuart Udall, who served as inter interior secretary under Presidents Kennedy and Johnson. Um, Tom Udall's uncle was Mo Udall, another former senator uh, known for his conservation legacy. I, so and also, you know, I, I hate. To, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I, I have to point out that my childhood home in Tucson, Arizona, was a five minute walk from Mo Udall Park. So shout out to and Tucson, Arizona. And speaking of Tucson, uh, I, another name we've heard is um, Representative Raul Grijalva, who represents uh, uh, Tucson. He's also the chairman of the House Natural Resources Committee. Um, you know, they're, they're not commenting on, you know, what their intentions are if Biden wins. Um, but another, uh, so Tom Udall is from New Mexico, also from New Mexico. Another name we, we hear is, um, and has been recommended by uh, environmental groups is Deb Haland, um, Congresswoman from, from New Mexico. And she, um, if she were to become Interior Secretary, she'd be the first uh, Native American um, Interior Secretary we've ever had. Um, and uh, so 
Um, those are the three names uh, that, that 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 come up, um, and all of them would would you know pretty uh, soundly shift the focus of Trump's uh, from you know Trump's fossil fuel agenda to a more conservation oriented agenda under Biden. Well, that was a, a excellent segue there, uh, Bobby. Um, but I want to stick with Bobby and Stephen for just a second because I want to talk about again sticking with the scenario if Biden you know does become president. Would we just see a continuation of the policies that uh, existed at these agencies, the EPA and Interior, from the Obama administration? You know, would we have Sally Jewell 2.0 or, um, you know, uh, Gina McCarthy 2.0? Let's start with Bobby. Uh, do you think that, you know, that that would be the case? I don't think so, actually. I think that they would take a, a step beyond that, actually. I think that you know, climate change um, would become a much greater focus in land management decisions. Um, and, uh, and and so I think that's, it, it's, climate change is going to be a, a, a major focus, much more so than, um, than in the Obama administration, but also environmental justice. Um, I think that uh, Native communities throughout the West um, and in, in, and, uh, in Alaska will have probably a much greater voice um, in land, land management decisions. Um, and, uh, you know, you're going to see, you know, more public lands protected. And uh, I, I think that, you know, it, it's, it really is going to sort of build upon the Obama administration's legacy, but while also, you know, rolling back, um, you know, the, the deregulation efforts that the Trump administration has taken over the last four years. Stephen, you know, it seems like um, Bobby is saying that, you know, we won't have a Sally Jewell 2.0. Uh, will we have a Gina McCarthy 2.0 at the EPA? if Biden uh, becomes president? Well, Gina McCarthy was really aggressive. Uh, and I think that, you know, the broad course that the Democratic Party wants to chart for the EPA really hasn't changed that much. I mean, it's the same basic agenda on clean air, clean water, renewable energy, uh, sustainability, you know, on down the list. So the goals are broadly the same, but if anything's different now, it's that there is a greater sense of urgency, in part because Joe Biden made environmental issues such a big part of his campaign. There's going to be pressure on him to follow through on those promises. And of course, we are running out of time to do something about the effects of climate change globally, and there is a growing awareness of that. And, and then you add to that the fact that they've got the Biden administration uh, is going to have so much work to do if they want to undo the rules the Trump EPA put in place. So. Even if the agenda hasn't really changed, the urgency, I think, is greater now. They're going to need to staff up quickly and be really efficient and effective and professional to get things done uh, quickly. Pat, I wanted to ask you uh, about another one of the sort of signature environmental issues that we've been covering a lot. It's not climate change. It's PFAS, uh, the toxic nonstick uh, chemical that has been uh, seeping or being found in a lot of waterways and water sources across the country. If uh, President, uh, you know, if President Trump loses his reelection bid and we get a, a new administration, do you see a radically different approach to regulating PFAS? Do you see the federal government taking a much bigger role, or do you see that we have this state by state approach continuing on? Well, a couple of things. First, um, PFAS isn't one chemical; it's a huge group of chemicals. Yes, that's right. Um, which are very diverse in the ways that they may affect people, may affect the environment. 
Um, and I think we need to look at both scenarios. There's so much uncertainty in the election at this point. So if I look at a, a second Trump administration, mm -hmm. what I would foresee happening is some regulatory action on a couple of the PFAS, ones known as PFOA and PFOS, right. some sort of limits on those nationally. Uh, PFOA was the one in Dark Waters, in the Dark Waters movie, PFOS, 3M phased out in the early 2000s, uh, so almost two decades ago, and EPA quickly did a backstop of regulations so that it's very hard for any other company to make or import them into the United States, uh, that PFAS line. Mm -hmm. uh, so I see him taking action on drinking water because so many states are regulating it in so many different ways. It's a real conundrum for industries. So it's just crying out for a national approach, and I think his administration will take that. Uh, whether it will take specific action on other PFAS or beyond drinking water um, is, according to the people I spoke to, far more of an open question. He's far more likely to continue researching mm -hmm. the chemicals. Interesting. Um, the Biden administration would be expected to act more quickly on, on more PFAS. Uh, definitely issuing drinking water regulations, uh, possibly on hazardous waste. Hazardous waste just has so many implications. It might not come as fast as some um, of his supporters would like. And his actions may not be as comprehensive as some of his supporters would like because they are such a big group and hundreds of them are really important to many, many different industries. So um, a Biden administration is likely to, to rely on the science and the science may not support a class-based, you know, everything with the name PFAS attached to it gets thrown out the door. That's a good, um, yeah, that's a good point. Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. You need a company with extensive experience in specialized insurance. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and helping provide coverage that suits your needs. The Hartford offers insurance solutions that help mid to large sized businesses like yours effectively manage risk from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. With extensive experience in underwriting, risk engineering services, and claims, the Hartford goes beyond the expected to deliver innovative, customizable solutions and service that your industry, that your business demands. At the Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how the Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. Pat also made a, another good point, which is that the election outcome is far from certain. Uh, President Trump could uh, definitely still win another four <clears throat> years. So, Bobby and Stephen, I wanted to talk with you guys about what the uh, your agencies that you cover will look like. Um, you know, if, if we have uh, um, another you know four years of Trump, 
Uh, Bobby, let's start with you. Uh, will the current Secretary of the Interior, uh, uh, David Bernhardt, um, will he stay on? And, and if not, who do you think would replace him? Ultimately, I, we don't know yet. Um, there's just not, uh, haven't been able to get anybody on the record to talk to me about uh, Bernhardt's intentions. So we don't know. Um, and it's not entirely clear who's going to replace him. Um, you know, I, I think if if he decides to step down, um, so it, it's just too early to say. Uh, but I think, you know, if whether he stays on or not, we're going to continue to see um, sort of a doubling down on the deregulatory agenda in a second Trump term um, in the Interior Department. We're going to see, you know, even more expanded oil and gas development or leasing. Um, and, uh, you know, and there are going to be some things I... I you know, I, I would expect that some of the things that that have sort of been off the table so far, such as public lands disposal and that sort of thing, um, you know, reducing the size of even more national monuments and and, uh, you know, various things. I think we're I think we're going to see a little bit more of a focus on that. Um, I think that's more of a possibility. And uh, so. Um, you know, again, it's just doubling down. I think a, a few other things we might we might see are, you know, a, a continued implementation of its National Environmental Policy Act um, rules uh, with less and less credence given to the public's uh, voice, um, less transparency right. those, about federal lands decisions. Those are the those are the rules that determine, you know, all the, the documents and, and studies that the federal government has to do before it makes a, a move that could affect the environment. Right. And, you know, a lot of uh, environmental groups have challenged uh, decisions, uh, you know, land management decisions and whatnot uh, in, in court. And courts have said that, you know, these these decisions have, have violated NEPA um, and various other laws, depending on the case. Um, but, you know, uh, you know, industry tells me that this is going to be a chance, you know, a second Trump term is going to give the, the Trump administration a chance to fully defend itself in court. Um, and to, you know, expand upon the, um, you know, the fossil fuels or energy dominance agenda, as it says, um, in, uh, in a second Trump term. And finally, Stephen, let's finish with you. Um, if the president wins re-election, uh, Andrew Wheeler, I would imagine, would stay on at EPA. But the question is, for how long? Um, would he uh, stay on for, I mean, another four full year term uh, of that would, you know, I guess it's impossible to say at this point, but um, what's his future looking like and what would be the future of the EPA uh, under, you know, another Trump administration? Wheeler has recently said he wants to stay on, and I get the feeling that President Trump is happy with his performance. Um, he has done a good job of executing the Trump agenda, so there's no indication that he's going anywhere, at least not, not anytime soon, uh, if the president does win re-election. So, if that if that happens, what's the EPA's next big policy push? Um, Andrew Wheeler has said recently that in the next four years, the EPA is going to focus on what he calls community-driven environmentalism, by which he means breaking down the silos when the agency looks at air, land, and water issues in communities. He wants to address things like brownfields grants and environmental justice issues, air quality issues, all at the same time in a holistic way. And he says this is going to be helpful to frontline low-income communities of color. He's also said that he wants EPA to help states permit projects faster because the new permit bottlenecks are going to be at the state level now that 
as uh, Bobby just said, you know, NEPA reform is on the books. So when the EPA is renewing state delegated programs, according to Wheeler, they're going to look not just at a state's enforcement statistics, but also their permitting programs. Uh, and whether that means the EPA will actually revoke permitting authority uh, from uh, states that take too long to issue permits, that remains to be seen. But we do know that this administration believes in in federalism. Yeah. And then the final thing I'll, I'll, I'll mention is that um, the, the EPA is going to do a separate uh, science transparency rule for each statute. This is the uh, rulemaking that's still in the works that, I mean, I won't go into all the details, but basically environmentalists don't like this idea because they think it's a way of handcuffing future EPA administrations from, you know, finalizing rules. Mm -hmm. um, Wheeler has said that this is all about transparency, and, and he says that if there's a separate science transparency rule for each of EPA statutes, that's going to mean there's less of a chance for litigation. Um, it's another thing that the EPA will work to finish uh, if Trump wins re-election. They, they do have a lot of work to do here because these are separate rulemakings. Um, but, and they're also going to do the same thing with cost-benefit rules, creating a separate one for each of their statutes. So those are, I think, some of the big agenda items if, if Trump wins re-election. Stephen, just to add to that, I've heard that that science rule is one of the first things Biden would toss. <laughs> That gives you a, a, an idea of sort of the potential outcomes here, depending on, on what we find out um, or what we, you know, what we learn when we know who the next president will be. And uh, two weeks from today, we'll be back uh, here on Parts Rebellion. We're going to take next week off for Veterans Day. But uh, if we do know who the president is at that point, we will be sure to let you know. Uh, if you want more environmental news, check us out on Twitter. We use a pretty easy to remember handle. It's at environment, just that at environment. And I'm at David B. Schultz. If you want to discuss uh, anything with me, today's episode of Parts for Billing was produced by myself and Josh Block. Parts for Billing was created by Jessica Coombs and Rachel Daigle. The music for today's episode is A Message by Jazar and Smoking Monkey by Tom Hillock and Nicholas Boscovich. They were used under a Creative Commons license. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and thank you to uh, you three for joining me on this uh, post-election morning. Hi, I'm Laura Carlson, and I'm dropping into your feed to tell you about Prognosis, a new daily show from Bloomberg. Monday through Friday, we'll spend a few minutes with you every afternoon to help you understand life in the time of COVID-19. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. So come back every afternoon for our coverage and stay safe. Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business. From liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. 
Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.